0: A long December, and there's reason to believe. Maybe this year will be better than the last. Where's my counting crows fans at? December 19th to 21 Gabriel is at Spokane Comedy Club in You Guessed It, Spokane, Washington. December 27th Gabriel will be making his second and hopefully final appearance at the Royal Bear in Algona, Washington. December 28th he's at the Buffalo Gap in Portland, Oregon. And December 31st he's at Harvey's Comedy Club also in Portland, Oregon. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. Now it's time to relax, laugh, and learn nothing. Episode 51 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here is your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check, check, check. Trying not to mess up the microphone. Ch-ch-ch. Like I did last week. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I love to fire my engineer. <laughs> uh, man, I almost didn't podcast today. But uh, I made it 50 weeks in a row. I can't skip the 51st week of podcasting, but it'll probably be short, and it will probably be not good. Um, And you're probably like, we're 50 weeks in, you don't have to tell us, it's going to be not good. Um, My wife's home. Uh, She's uh, sleeping in the other room. Just a sec, let me have a little sip of coffee here. Mmm. I actually, uh, I actually like my coffee, like I like my women. Um, when my wife's in the other room, hmm. uh, she's sick. She's getting better, but she—it's been fucking chaos, man. Oh, I don't know why every school activity, play singing group. Every child activity has to have an activity in December. Gotta have a concert. Gotta have a play. Uh, so it's like a chaotic time anyway. Uh, and then uh, Olive, my youngest, um, started throwing up. This is a good five, six days ago now. And then uh couple days ago my wife got the same thing my timeline might be wrong um but uh I think that's all that's got it so far I think we're in the clear who knows knock on wood um but yeah so uh you know my wife's on the she's on the better side but you know what it's like after you've uh had a stomach flu type situation you uh you're just the shell of a person you're uh Week, You're eating half a piece of toast. And uh, calling it a meal. I actually like that. I like that part of this. (laughs) I like the after flu part where you barely eat anything and you're like, this is what I should always do. I should have two bites of toast and a spoonful of yogurt for every meal. That's all I need. Uh... I actually wonder, what do people eat when they're sick on Keto? Or is it Keto? You say Keto, I say Keto. Let's not shit for a week. Um, You know what I mean? Like my, uh, you know, like, oh, I can't eat anything. I'm just going to have a saltine cracker. Well, not on Keto, you're not Keto. piece of toast I don't know why after you when you're sick toast is the best food in the world I don't know why I mean what are you what are you gonna do like oh my god I had a terrible stomach flu um but I'm gonna I'm just gonna um, nibble on some bacon so I don't mess up my carbs I don't know, maybe need someone needs to make some uh keto uh sick treats. You know what I mean? Just like, oh it's a it's a meat stick that tastes like chicken broth. I guess you could have chicken broth on for local. I don't know. I don't know how food works. Look at me. I know it's delicious. <laughs> but I did think about that. I only did uh, I didn't get sick when I was on my my long week. No. I I was on keto for about a month. Um that's what my next book's going to be about. The longest month. Uh but just that idea of like oh god, I can barely eat but my body needs the energy. I'm just going to have a pepperoni stick I got at a gas station and I'll nibble on this block of cheese. Just till I get better. You know, with my stomach weak like this, I could really go for a lettuce-wrapped bacon burger. Just till I feel better, you know? Then I'll get back to my normal food, but... (laughs) I was so sick last week, all I could eat was hard-boiled eggs. Oh, That's all I ate. So, uh, Olive's pretty much better. Christy's, uh, like I said, I, like, I think the flu part's gone, but, uh, she's just, uh, try- trying to get her strength back. And of course, uh, her mom's, uh, her mom had a leg surgery, so she's running around doing that shit when she should be resting. But, uh, anyway, it's crazy times. You know, the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. Um, I, uh, I was in uh, Grand Prairie, Alberta. Uh, actually, last minute I picked up... I, I jinxed myself is what I did, but they hired me to do this show in Grand Prairie, Alberta. Uh, and I'll tell you the money. I don't care. I'll tell you the money. Uh, uh, $2,500 Canadian. Plus travel and hotel. So I think eh, probably 1,800 American when it's all said and done. So good. More than I normally get, right? Uh, Even for a private show. And so they're like, hey, we really would love you to come up the day before. And we'll give you a hotel room just to make sure you get here. And, you know, the weather can be sketchy. It was like minus two when I was there in the morning. Um, but I said no. I said I can't come up a day early because that's going to cost me. That's a Friday night. I can't come up Friday just to do your show Saturday. That's going to cost me. You know, it's going to cost me a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars because I'm sure I'll get another Christmas party corporate gig. And uh I j I kinda jinxed it because uh I didn't. Um I uh I had a couple of maybes that didn't happen and uh but then uh last minute it wasn't it was like a fundraiser show for someone, I don't know. It was like back of a pizza restaurant in Kalama, Washington. It was only a two hundred dollar gig, but uh at least it was something. Uh, sold a bunch of T-shirts. It was way better than nothing, uh, but it was still like, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, there's no way, Friday December 13th, I'm not gonna have a Christmas party gig, son of a bitch. So anyway, uh, I, you know, I did that gig in Kalama, Washington, which is down by Longview, kind of. Uh, drove home, took a shower, <laughs> uh, drove to Abbotsford. For my 6 a.m. flight, which is about three and a half hours from where I live, Abbotsford is just over the border in uh, in Canada, and I flew out of there because it, uh, to get me in early, flying from Seattle, I couldn't get in early to Grand Prairie, so uh, I drove up there to fly out of Abbotsford. So you know, no sleep, maybe a few minutes on the plane. I get I get to uh, I get to uh, Grand Prairie about. 1 p.m., slept until, slept about three hours, got up, did my show, Uh, had a cocktail or two. They were trying to get me to hang out all night. Come on, let's party! You know, they're all in the hotel, getting wasted. Some, uh, some, it's like a car dealership, three or four car dealerships altogether. I might be underdressed. I can't tell. I definitely, I look like I work in the service department. I'm going to go with that. This long haired guy in parts, does he you know? Flew out again at 6 a.m. And then, uh, you know, got home like at, uh, Maybe 1 or 2 p.m. But I didn't nap or anything because my wife was, uh, you know, had been throwing up the night before. So uh, very chaotic. One of those travel things where you're like, I can't believe I went to another continent. (laughs) Wait, not another continent. I'm tired. (laughs) I went to another country uh, and came back. And you're like, what? uh, Did it even happen? What just happened? Sometimes the hardest part of those, uh, of these private gigs is, uh, there's sort of an off-stage expectation that you're supposed to hang out. You know, <clears throat> they're like, you're going to go on at 8.30 or whatever, but, uh, dinner's at seven and we got you, you know, I have to sit next to the boss and I'd actually met this guy before, uh, at a different show, so... It's not like he was a total stranger, but it was fine, but it's like that's not normally – you. Would... <laughs> also I like free food, you know what I mean? But it's like you wouldn't normally – like I'm going to be Spokane Comedy Club uh, this weekend. It's not like uh, when I get there I'm going to like walk around the crowd, say hi to everyone, order some chicken strips with them, and then be like – when the show starts, be like, oh, I got it. That's me. I got to go. It's been fun talking to you guys, but i got to go up on that stage now. You know, it's just a weird... It's weird to be introduced and you you just stand up from the table you've been eating at to go up and entertain people. Uh, But, you know, that's why they give you 2,500 Canadian, right? Uh, Although I haven't got it yet. That's another problem with these... Actual businesses. Is it's so hard to get paid. Because they... You know, they're like, oh, we'll mail you, uh, we'll mail you a check. We'll do this. We got to get you in a, as a vendor in our system. There's always, you know... It's not like the gig I did the night before where the guy gave me the friendly handshake with 200 bucks in it. <clears throat> Which, by the way, I don't understand that either. I don't understand... The cash handshake. I'm like, I didn't just sell you coke. <laughs> I agreed to do a comedy show. This is all above board here. This is all legal. We don't know. We don't need to do a secret handshake. <laughs> why are you? Why are you making comedy feel so dirty? Why are you being like, hey, thanks for coming. Weird eye contact, handshake with eight twenties in it. Did I do my math right? Twenty, forty, sixty, eighty. Nope. Ten twenties? There we go. So anyway, I haven't got any of the checks. Uh, I I, uh, I was supposed to get half of it before I did it. That got apparently got lost in the mail. I'm, then they're like, "Oh, we're paying the, the other half a week after the show." So I mean, I could use the goddamn money. I really could. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the uh, United States Postal Service. Um, but they see. It seems like we need to uh, we need to hire some more people, buy a couple more jeeps, maybe. Because uh, during this holiday season, our our mail is getting here at like 8 p.m. Uh, I feel bad for them. It's not like they get overtime. I don't think. Maybe they do. I hope they do. But I think they still have to leave at the same time in the morning. And this, you know, I think our post our our mail our mail I'll say mailman because it's a man. Uh, our mailman, he, uh, I think he's working like, you know, 12, 13-hour days, which is crazy. I'm going to Google if mail people get uh, overtime. Wait, okay, hold on. There we go. Do mail. Men, excuse my sexism. Do mailmen get over time Uh what just happened? Why is it going so slow? This is going slower than the US. Postal Service. Come on. even when you Google mailman it's slow. Okay, mail carriers generally work full-time. Some carriers may have to work Saturdays, blah, 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 blah. Many mailmen have to work overtime, especially during the holiday season. Mail carriers cannot refuse to work overtime if it's ordered or directed by management. That doesn't sound good. Employees receive one and a half times their hourly rate of pay for overtime except in certain circumstances. I think they do. I think they do. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. I'm going to ask him. How's that time and a half going? Huh? Uh, anyway, well, that was riveting. I warned you. Actually, it's never – there's like two or three different people. It's never the same person. I don't know. I feel like in in movies and TV shows, it's always portrayed you have the same mailman and you have some sort of personal relationship with the mailman. Um, I guess what I'm saying is is like if if one of my kids uh, looked like the mailman, you know that old joke? It's like three different people it could be. If my wife fucked the mailman and got pregnant, uh, you know, I'd know which one uh, because because we have a black mailman, an Asian mailman, and uh, a white mailman. And so, um, I don't know. I'm not really uh, here to give advice, but I guess if you're going to cheat on someone uh, and maybe get pregnant, make sure they're the same color as the person you're cheating on. You know? That's in Leviticus. Look it up. I remember my very first job. This is gonna make me seem super old, but grocery store, uh courtesy clerk. You, you know, bagging groceries, that kind of shit. Uh I believe minimum <laughs> I believe minimum wage in like nineteen ninety. Uh I believe it had just gone up to four twenty five an hour. Uh, but grocery stores have a union, and so if you worked Sunday, it was time and a half, which I think was like, you know, six fifty an hour. So I was just like, yeah, I want to work every Sunday, six fifty an hour. I mean, what will I even do with that much money? Uh, that was good money for a 16 year old kid who still lived at home. Uh, you know, I had to buy gas, which was a (laughs) dollar (laughs) a gallon. I bought my truck for, uh, $800 and then my dad fixed it. Uh, you know, I mean, this sounds like I'm talking about the 1940s, but, uh, I have noticed that, you know, it was, uh, even at grocery stores, like, I I just feel like teenagers don't work anymore, or they don't, a lot of traditionally teenager jobs of, like, fast food and, uh, you know, begging your groceries, and that's usually adults now, you know, uh... Which is why, I mean, when people argue against an minimum wage, they're always like, well, it's supposed to be a starter job. or," But, well, I mean, they're not really anymore, you know? It's uh, a little bit in in the Midwest, I noticed, still. Like a small town in the Midwest, you go into a a McDonald's and uh, everyone there, it looks like they just put down their school backpack and uh, started making french fries. I mean that's uh I mean I'm not qualified to talk about uh different colors of people but uh there you know the, like in in America a lot of the uh, entry level positions uh are filled with uh Mexican people why is this so hard to say it's just a fact but I can't even say it because I feel too white and too guilty uh it's I mean. I, I, you know, that's true, whatever whatever minority or whatever group is sort of newest to the country tends to fill the low labor positions. You, you go to a hotel, most places in America, and there will be a Spanish-speaking person uh, cleaning a room. Uh, in Canada, uh, a lot of times it's Filipino, because that's their newest-to-the-country group. Uh, just like, you know, whatever. White people, if you go back to our ancestors when they first came over on, uh whatever, uh, Ellis Island or whatever, like, you know what I mean? It's like when they first got to the country, they did the shit jobs, if they were Irish or Italian or whatever. Um, So it's, but there aren't necessarily that, they don't necessarily have that, in like a small town in the Midwest, sometimes they do. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, teenagers are the Mexicans of the Midwest. Is that a terrible thing to say? It's I I mean no judgment in that. I just mean teenagers are still doing the like entry level positions in a lot of like small towns in Iowa and stuff. I mean you you go to a you go to your hotel and there's some 17 year old kid cleaning rooms. And that's just not going to fucking happen in a big city. Even in Olympia, Washington. Like, if, if, I don't, I don't think, I don't stay in a lot of hotels here because I live here, but if shit goes really bad, I'll be staying in a hotel. And <laughs> if you're staying in a hotel two miles from your own family, that's not a good sign. But, uh, I actually told my wife, we have a hotel that's probably two or three miles from our house. <laughs> and, uh, I told my wife that's. I'm actually going to do this, I think. I'm going to. Hopefully, she's not listening. But uh, I might get her a hotel room uh, for her birthday, just for her, but three miles from our house (laughs) because uh, she doesn't like to use the bathroom when we travel. And I thought, what a perfect scenario. You can be away from everyone, relaxing, reading a book, doing whatever you want to do in your hotel room by yourself having a little personal time, and then like, oh, I'll just drive home, use my home toilet, and leave again. I mean, they say romance is dead, but I'm, I got a lot of ideas. I don't want to make this about gender. I already made it about race. But I don't, I, I've never met a man in my life who said, um, I can't poop on vacation. I've never, that's not a fucking thing uh, I've ever heard of. Uh, but I, I hear a lot of women say such things. I think that's how they know vacation's over. It's time to go home. <laughs> Something's got to give. Maybe that's not true. I know guys who are pee-shy. Like they have to wait till there's no one in the bathroom or they go pee in the... in the... Uh, in the stall because they don't like to be around other other people. Uh, which general, I, uh, I don't even get that. I mean, look, it's not like I back up six feet from the urine so everyone can get a good look at me. It's not like I'm the opposite of pee shy. I'm not like pee friendly, you know. <laughs> It's not like I walk in like, oh, can't wait till everyone gets a load of this. Uh, Hey guys, what's, good, what's up? What are you in for? I had a lot of coffee, a couple of waters. Whoa, this feels nice. I'm not like that. Do you see what happens Uh, <laughs> when I have no plan? When I'm like, I should do a podcast, but I have zero things to talk about. I haven't been thinking about it at all. Uh, We ended up talking about peen. Good, real good. Hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, if you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy, it's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently it's just talking about anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship, but I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So worth it. Of course it is. Uh, go to anchor.fm or the anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of the Rutledges. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Um by the way i talked uh I talked to uh, you know I'm thinking about writing a book I'm thinking about whether or not I want to keep doing the podcast. I'm sure you're thinking about whether or not you want to keep listening to the podcast um and uh, I think what I'm gonna do in the new year is I am gonna start writing a book uh, see where it goes if I think it sucks, I can scrap it, but uh, I am gonna start trying to write a new like sort of like the last one a year long journal of my life it's going to have to be a lot different than the last one cuz i you know the last one was kind of like uh you know i'm a comedian who's not famous this is what that's like here's what you know oh i'm staying at the comedy condo this is what a comedy condo is this is i i sort of explained the road comic life and i can't do that again cuz i already did it so it's going to have to have a it's going to have to be different um but uh I do I'm going to try and I don't you know I don't want to be writing all the time and have to do a podcast also cuz it just seems like too much um so I think what I'm going to do is uh keep doing the podcast but probably not every week um and I know people are like you know if you ever <laughs> if <laughs> if you ever google how to get more podcast listeners uh, while you're crying drunk at 3 a.m. No, that's never happened to me. I mean, the crying drunk part, but the podcast part. No, um, they're all. It's like, oh, you got to be consistent. You got to make one every week to grow your crowd, and you know they'll forget if you. Oh well, fucking. Oh well, <clears throat> I don't have that many people who listen anyway. I'd love you if you do, but it's. Uh, so look, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to put a number on it. I'm not going to be like, I'm doing it every other week. I'm doing it once a month. I don't know. Uh, I think I'll just do it periodically and uh, also write a book. Because, um, you know, I don't want to be so, like, final about everything. Like, well, you know, the podcast is over. I'm doing a new thing. Because maybe what if, uh, what if I write the book? And then after that year, I'm like, oh, I kind of miss podcasting. And then do I want to start up another podcast? Uh, or do I just want to kind of half-ass <laughs> my current podcast for a year and then start it up again? I don't know. So I really don't know what's going to happen. That's but, but that's my plan right now. I'm going to keep podcasting uh, less frequently and... Uh, Maybe it'll be more than I think or maybe by the end of the year I won't be doing it at all. I be, I don't think that's the case, but I'm just saying it's open-ended, but I'm not going to quit. Uh I'm just going to see other people. It's not you, it's me. I just can't make it work. I could make it work, but uh, I uh you know, I got other shit to do. I uh want to write a book. I want to uh Write more material, I got things to do, and uh of course, if I was really motivated, I could find time to do all of it, but um, I don't want to be that motivated, you know uh I'm, I'm I definitely work hard at what I do, but probably not in the you know uh I can't do comedy and the stuff that goes with it like podcasting or writing a book i can't, i can't do it like it's a mental illness i can't <laughs> i can't hustle and grind comedy every day cuz i have a i i have a family i have other things i need to hustle and grind for i have to go uh uh to my daughter's school concert today uh and listen to her sing i have uh to fold laundry occasionally i have to um you know uh try to be a good person i have to uh have conversations uh with my wife i have to do i can't just <laughs> i can't just wake up and only think about my journey as an artist it's fucking not only is it uh exhausting it's stupid I mean, I don't. I don't. If you're anything, if you're a musician, a comedian, uh, a, a poet, uh, I guess an author, any of those things, you don't you kind of have to have in the back of your brain, like I can't believe the stupid thing I'm doing that enough people like that I make money from it. You know, I've been, uh, <clears throat> I've been doing comedy for 19 years. I've been a professional comedian for, I don't know, 14 or 15 of those years. And uh, at various income levels, you know, I used to, I used to have to wait for checks that were $150 and now I'm waiting for <laughs> checks that'll be 1800 So that's what's changed, but it's. There's always a part of me that's like, "Oh, this is silly and it could end any time because it's not real life." I mean, it is real life, but it's like you know I I've said many times that being a comedian is a loophole in adulthood, uh not in the way that I don't have to work hard, but in the way that like I I just I get to get up and tell jokes that I wrote and uh it's enough money that I support my family. Like that's crazy. What a loophole in adulthood. What a fucking great thing. What a privilege to be able to do that. And then you, t- you know, you hear other comedians talk about how they do comedy, mostly ones who don't have kids. And it's just like every day I'm writing. Every day I'm grinding. Every day I'm like. After my sets, I put on my headphones and I go over every joke I ever did. The next day, uh, I'm on the treadmill. I'm listening to my notes and, you know, I write three hours every day. It's like, okay, maybe you're going to be a better comedian than me, but I'm trying to live a fucking life here. Yeah, I work hard at comedy. Yeah, I want to write new material. Yeah, I want to write a book and I'm podcasting. I'm doing all this shit, but like... It can't be the biggest thing in my life. I'm trying to fuck my wife occasionally. I'm, you know. And I guess I'm talking to you, Gary Goldman. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm half joking. Gary Goldman, uh, he, he's doing writing tips. Uh, every day he does a writing tip. And uh, some of them, look, Gary Goldman's a great comedian, and some of them have been great tips, but uh, some of them are just like, you know, do you really want to be a comedian? Well, <laughs> stop doing everything else that's fun. Like, you probably shouldn't drink anymore. That's not going to help you. Look, I get that. A lot of people shouldn't drink anymore. I should. I'm great at it. But a lot of people shouldn't drink anymore. I get that, uh, but he's he's tweeted things like, uh, "I gave up watching college football on Saturdays because that's a good day to like go over your show from Friday night and get some writing in." And I don't watch college football anyway. But I'm like Gary, what the fuck? If you like watching college football, watch the fucking college football. What are we doing here? The person who sacrifices the most wins at the end of life. Is that the game we're playing? Cause you can win it. I don't want to do that. I sacrifice enough. I miss enough of my kids' activities. I miss enough of my uh uh you know, I I'm away from uh my wife, uh all, you know, I all that stuff is, is uh weighs on me heavy at all times. All that stuff is like, makes my life and other people's lives hard for me to do this. But now, now, (laughs) now I'm supposed to be like, uh, you know, I know that, uh, I'm supposed to say to my wife, I know that we like, after the kids go to bed, we like watching, uh, some television together sometimes. Um, or sitting in her hot tub when it's not broken. Um, but, uh, I'm not writing material fast enough. And so during that time that we used to hang out, I am now going to uh, be doing some meditation and thinking about where I want my career to go. No, okay? I'm not going to do that. And if it, you know, it's, uh, and it's also, (laughs) This is why you can't. I don't think you can give advice. And again, I want to say this again. Gary Goldman is a fantastic comedian, uh, but like he's giving that advice on how to be a great comedian to a bunch of people who are terrible at comedy and are never going to be good. Of course, you have to work hard. Of course, you have to sacrifice. Uh, but if you're not you have to have a certain talent level. You know? I don't know when comedy turned into, like, anyone can be a comedian. You just have to figure out the right formula and hustle and grind enough, and it will happen. Because that's not true. It's just not true. I liked the old system, where you were so funny in real life that people said, hey you should be a comedian, and you went, huh, maybe I should. And then you worked hard and hustled and grinded. Like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm never going to be a good mechanic. I could graduate from a mechanic school eventually, but I, you still wouldn't want me to work on your car. Uh, you know, and I've known, look, there's a lot of quiet, introspective people that do comedy that no one has ever said they were funny before, and they're amazing at it. I'm sure no one ever said, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know, when Stephen Wright went to school, people probably weren't like, you should be a comic, and he was like, thank you very much. He had that voice in grade school. But anyway, I'm not a world traveler, but I think the idea that, um, uh, if you work hard enough everything will work out <laughs> it's a very uniquely american idea and uh it's not necessarily the case um it's a part of it it's definitely a part of it and uh you know i'm like i said i want to write a book that's really hard fucking work and i'm willing to do that but it's also like I'm not willing to do that at the expense of uh, other things in my life. And I, I mean, it's a hack thing to say, but like <laughs> deathbed conversation. When you're on your deathbed, I don't, are you really going to be like, I wish I, I wish I wouldn't have watched college football on Saturdays. I should have worked on my act more. Or even if you're not a comedian, like, oh, I really should have, uh, I wish I would have sold more shoes. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I would have uh, worked harder. I should have worked more Saturdays. That's the thing I regret. Not not I wish I would have got to spend more time with the people I love, but I really should have focused more on hustling and grinding at my job. I, no one on their deathbed gonna say I wish I would have worked harder and this is why I don't give advice Uh, because a lot of my advice is like shit doesn't always work out Uh, hope for the best have a drink watch some football try not to be an asshole (laughs) bye this podcast is free and worth it talk to you next week Can remember the last thing that she said as you were leaving the days go by so fast and it's one more It's one more night in Hollywood So long since I've seen the ocean I guess I should